0: Mom and Dad. Welcome to our Training Wheels Parenting Podcast here at Central. Um, remember, Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he or she should go, and even when they're old, they won't depart from it. That's one of the most powerful promises for parents that we have. My, my wife, Shirlene, is in the studio with us today. Shirlene, great to have you.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: We're looking forward to hearing uh, what your insights on some parenting aspects today. Um, we're going to share some ideas today about what it might look like uh, to train your children um, with some biblical material that we encountered in our early parenting years. Um, uh, you know, Parenting doesn't just happen. It's not automatic. It doesn't come by osmosis. It's not something that we inherit. Um, training our kids has to be intentional. And we discovered that when our three kids were about elementary age. We were exposed to a, a parenting curriculum called Growing Kids God's Way. And because uh, Charlene and I were pastoring a church at that point in time, everyone thought that we should be the ones to— lead a small group of parents through this material, <laughs> like we were the experts, right? Right. Yeah, and we weren't. No. Uh, it was just on-the-job training. We didn't think we were bad parents or that our kids were out of control, well, except for JT, between 18 months and three years. Right. There it was, was kind of, that season. He was kind of a disaster at that point. Mm-hmm. We've forgotten about that because he's a good kid now. Right. But but um, we were excited to dive into some intentional, biblically-based parenting concepts that we knew would help us. Uh, and prepare us for the storms we knew were ahead. And by storms, uh, we mean adolescence. Uh, Teen is a four-letter word
1: (laughs) that many parents
0: are dealing with right now. So because of our kids' ages, um, it became almost comical to come home on Sunday nights after meeting with our parenting group. Our kids caught on pretty quickly that they were the guinea pigs, and we were going to be implementing some of our new insights and learning on them. They were the targets. And uh, they you know, be thinking, I you know, wonder what mom and dad learned this week about how we're supposed to behave. Um, we were able to grow, though, uh, at that time in our parenting and our effectiveness, mm-hmm. um, because some of these concepts um, and, and biblical truths um, helped to identify our role as parents. And we just want to share a few of those, those insights and concepts that were among the most meaningful to us and, and how they played out in our family. They were really ingrained Uh, and hopefully effective in in our lives, to the point that I think even our our kids could probably give this podcast today. That's true. Because they know these these principles and are using many of them on their kids. And one of the things we learned, Shirlene, was the, the concept of the moral reason why behind disciplining our kids. And that was a new concept to us, and it was difficult at first for us to really dig in and understand it. But tell us a little bit about that concept of the moral reason why.
1: Yes, that whole concept of the moral reason why was really new for us and one we hadn't thought about but makes so much sense because we are called to raise morally responsible children and use the Word of God as our guide. Our kids need to know why to do right and not just be expected to follow a bunch of rules. So we found that instruction needed to be characterized by giving moral and biblical reasons And that it was really lazy to just say, because I told you so. That's actually not found anywhere in the Bible and doesn't really give any foundation to decisions or reasons that we're giving our kids for why something is good or bad or right or wrong. If you think about it, moral reasons can be included with even the very youngest of children. And sometimes I think we sell them short, that they're too young to understand, when we really can apply those at the very young age. Um, But training with moral reasons or ethics does not mean slipping into legalism, which is a dangerous trap. Rules without relationship can end up breeding outwardly obedient children that are like little robots and appear very well adjusted. But their hearts may be full of resentment and rebellion, and that's a recipe for disaster as they grow and develop into independent young people. So we are called to live out grace and not legalism just the same way that our Heavenly Father demonstrates that towards us as adults. And it was kind of funny because when we began talking about the moral reason why, our kids started to realize that they may not be able to argue effectively with us anymore and question our decisions because we had really good reasons for what we told them. But then we introduced the appeal rule. Remember the appeal rule? Yep. And then their eyes lit up. Because they thought, you mean we can ask to appeal your decisions? And yes, it's true at a certain age it's appropriate to allow for appeals. But our kids will tell you that every time they asked to appeal, as the conversation evolved, it usually turned out still to be no as an answer. So their concept of the appeal rule was that they ended end up getting their way. And oftentimes that was not the case. It kind of became a joke in our family But there is value in allowing for those conversations, even if they don't end up getting their way. They felt like they were heard.
0: Right. And And that's important. That is important for kids to feel like they're part of the process. You know, we found that that a lot of our expectation for our children's behavior was based on a biblical principle called the preciousness of others. There were a lot of things that we instructed them to do that fell under that category. Tell us a little bit about that concept of the, the preciousness of other people.
1: Yes, it's really grounded in a biblical ethic that's found in Philippians 2, 3 through 5. And that says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And that's simple enough for really even the youngest of kids to understand those verses, the way those those, um, words are shared and phrased. By Paul in that letter. I think it's very, um, a very great foundational scripture and ethic for kids to understand how to live with the preciousness of others in mind. Um, so it's important that we teach our kids that their behavior towards others is based on how precious others are to God, not whether or not people deserve it or act kindly toward us or even acknowledge us. This is the foundation really of respect Respect toward authority, toward parents, toward peers, toward the elderly, and toward siblings. So understanding the value of all the people around us creates an opportunity to make correct moral choices. So one great example, and I think that many of us have dealt with this situation as parents over and over again. Our kids would run up to us when we were having a conversation with other adults, and they would want to interrupt us. And whether it's Mama Mama mom, mom, mom or tugging on one of our body parts and being really annoying and then creating this whole sense of this is really annoying at this point in time and you're you're bothering me, kid kind of thing.
0: Right. And that and that they were the most important thing. Right. And their need was the most important thing in that moment. In that
1: moment, no matter what else was going on. They did not consider the other people that were involved in this, their parents or the people we were talking to. Um, so we taught them to use what we call the interrupt rule. And what we would do is say, please come up to us and simply put your hand on our arm, one of our arms, and stand quietly until we turn and acknowledge you. And that way we'll know that you are there, that you have a need or a question that needs to be met, but we will turn and acknowledge you when the time's appropriate. But Parents, you can't just ignore the kid in that situation either because if they've demonstrated that respectful behavior, then you need to honor them and respect their preciousness also and in a timely manner respond to them and turn to them and right. acknowledge that situation.
0: That's a really good point because you're violating the very principle that you're trying to teach them if you ignore them, right. ignoring their value to God. And right. so at an appropriate moment in the conversation, you need to pause and politely Ask the other adult or the other person Mm -hmm. to wait while you demonstrate the preciousness to your own child. That's good.
1: Exactly. Um, You know, another way that we were able to teach our kids about this is that when they understand the value of people all around them, it creates an opportunity to make good moral choices. For instance, our kids would run around after church— kind of crazy like um, when we were maybe cleaning up or getting ready to go home, and they would be running through the worship center or through the hallways and acting like they were in a playground and not taking into account that there might be elderly people there or Um, disabled people or others that would maybe be in their way of their play. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the point. The point is that you may, your play may be getting in the way of them just trying to walk somewhere. And so to stop and take a moment and teach them that the reason apart from safety that we don't do that is because we want to respect the preciousness of other people and give them the courtesy of having that space for something other than a playground at that moment. Yeah. You know, the, um, Another way that the concept of being others centered can apply is even connected to something as simple as shopping carts. So I remember that we came home and it was like, it was um, talking about why putting our shopping cart away in a parking lot mattered because other people's cars and property needed to be respected. And so by simply putting away our shopping cart, we were showing value for the other people around us and not just worrying about our own convenience.
0: Right. You know, it's a principle that's true in a marriage relationship uh, between parents and children, children and parents, and then other people outside the extended family. Um, and so parents, I hope you're listening today. And and if, if this helped, it helped us to recognize many of the things that we're trying to teach our kids, really come back to, you know, Philippians chapter two, and that, that principle of other people value to God, mm-hmm. therefore they should they should matter to us. Um, hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, Shirley. thanks for being in the studio here with us today yeah. and your insights. And um, God bless you guys as you continue to raise godly kids.